2: Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18-plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: On Homestale Radio. It's going well so
3: far, isn't it, guys? Yeah, I think so. Should we end it there? Should we... <laughs> <laughs> quit,
1: quit while we're ahead.
3: <laughs> I've got to say... um you know I feel I'm feeling a bit like Julian Sprony at the moment you know alright yes I am third choice but think down, I'm probably everyone's favourite so um <laughs> yeah I certainly agree Alex are you nervous going in there
2: <sighs> is that I'm oh, not even you trying to set me up for these innuendos you are aren't you it's the Premier League. At the end of the day, it's the top level. If you get a touch on the shoulder, every single player goes down like that, don't they? You know, if you, if you, get, if, you get, if you take a tug, you go down. It's just hey yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Chance would be a fine thing.
4: Yeah, but when the players go down easy, it gives the ref an easy blow. Sorry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> But Nick Nick was very kind and he sent me his he sent me a list of jokes that he was going to use tonight. We all know Nick. <laughs> <laughs> we all know Nick's famous for his for his his world class puns and i have been very fortunate to get these here. This has really helped me out. Um, obviously we're playing Watford and you know there's the whole on John connection. Um, so Nick Nick just wanted to say um, Wilfred Zaha's pace was so frightening. He was like a rocket man. <laughs>
0: oh dear. <laughs> all our contact information and to send
2: us an email visit holradio.net forward slash contact hello and welcome to homestyle radio i'm chris hambling and i am back will my return be like the return of clinton or dougie or like at that time bradford told us someone who'd been surgically altered to look like david hopkin find out in the next 90 minutes or so the show will look back on a dominant 2-0 victory for Palace over West Bromwich Albion, of course managed by the king of anti-football, tiny Welsh myth- misanthrope Tony Pulis. Helping me analyse the match and talk about all the key topics of discussion are the girl one, Lucy White.
5: Good evening.
2: Good evening. The American one, Patrick O'Connor. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> the angry one, Joe Hallyoak. What? Eh, <laughs> and the senile one, Nick Gillard.
4: Uh. He's not
2: there, he's not there. Um, He'll he'll join us at some point. Anyway, we want to hear from you today as well, of course. You can head to holradio.net forward slash contact to see all the ways to get in touch. If you're listening on our apps, you'll have the the option to record and send 20 seconds of a voice clip directly to us. Be nice. Um, And we'll be visiting our Ultimate Squad feature a little bit later on too. But first, let's update you on all the latest happenings via news in Britain.
0: Listen to Homestay Radio on the go. Using our Android app. Download at holradio.net forward slash android. Um,
2: there's some things that we're going to read out now.
6: Gary is his development side edged out Kurexandra by the odd goal in five to stretch the winning run to three straight matches. Jake Gray grabbed a brace to continue his fine goal-scoring run this season before Jacob Berkeley Pong scored what proved to be the winner for his side, which helped them to a second spot in the
2: table. Crystal Palace have confirmed the signing of Belgian youngster Jason Lokilo from Anderlecht following the receipt of the players' international clearance. The highly rated 17-year-old Starlet have been training with the under-21s and under-18 squads since the summer and will be looking to break into one of the two sides for this season.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Defender, <laughs> I've got a guest this now, haven't I? Someone's just got yeah. an edit ridiculously. Okay, so, all right, okay. Defender, Potato McCarthy, has joined Preston North End on loan until January the 2nd, 2016. A centre-back has featured for the Eagles development side, this sausage, playing <laughs> the full <ball, laughs> game in the heart of, the, I'm not reading that word, during a 1-0 win over Birmingham City last month.
2: And before I say anything else, I'm going to quick mention to Keshi Anderson, uh, who scored two and two for Doncaster and is uh, doing very, very well up there. And all of our loanees seem to be doing pretty well, actually, but I just thought I'd mention Keshi. And don't forget, you can keep up with all the latest news during the week. Visit hltco.org. Got something you'd like to get off your chest?
0: Tweet us now at Whole Radio.
2: So, coming up a little bit later on, we've got the ultimate squad feature where we're trying to pick the all time best 25 players to have played for Palace. A little bit later on, we'll be talking about uh, Jeff Thomas. So, uh, you can get. Uh, I've ruined that, haven't I? Mm, no, I haven't. You can vote to. Did <laughs> you keep. Uh, you can put Jeff Thomas either in or bin. It's got to be an in, really, hasn't it? But you've got your chance to vote. If you go to holradio.net forward slash vote um, to cast your opinion on whether Jeff Thomas should be making that squad. And there will be no votes taken via Twitter or the chat room today, the chat room being holradio.net forward slash chat, where we will be taking your opinions from. Oh, that was, felt a bit rusty there, I have to say. You know, just, just had one week off. Yeah. And, uh, it's just, Out of yeah, factor. You, that's it. You've just got to keep your hand in or whatever it is. What's the, Whatever the <laughs> phrase is. Anyway. Um so look let's talk about um let's say the the main focus of today's show is going to be the the 2-0 victory against West Bromwich Albion and it was a great great victory um feel very very positive in my opinion it is one of the most dominant displays from a Palace side that I think I've ever seen genuinely do and um it was just nice to finally be that team that um you know that when when a team comes and defends can actually just pass the ball around and patiently pick Know, pick the right moment to uh, to go and get that goal. And it was really good to watch. And um, so I'll give a little bit of a match summary before we get into the discussion. It was a very dominant display. They were unambitious, West Brom and Jalbin, in my opinion. And they did lack a little bit of quality there. First half, uh, you know, Palace created a number of chances there, mainly through the work that uh, Wilfred Zaha was doing uh, on the right-hand side. But, you know, West Brom just kept a lot of players back, and it was just attack versus defence. Uh, there was a similar toil in the second half at the very, very start until quality ball from Johan Kabay found the head of Yannick Bellassi to score which um, is his first home goal in uh, in about three years um, and that opened the game up nicely um, but Hennessy remained a virtual spectator his first save came after 63 minutes um, Lucy corrected me earlier thanks for that Lucy um, welcome Zaha <laughs> so, so did then continue to torment won a late penalty um, from Chris Brunt who had just pretty much given up the ghost by then uh, and it was duly dispatched by Johan Gabay for 2-0. Uh, really, that was the very least that Palace deserved. Um, so a great win. And until today's results, that took Palace into third place in the league after eight games gone, which is, you know, they always say 10 games is where you have to start looking at the table about where you might end up finishing. And we're very close to 10 games and we're right up there. So it's a very, very exciting times. Um so yeah, let's let's start the analysis, everyone. Um, discussion point: I want to kick it off with Wilfred Zaha. He got given the man of the match, um, I think, on uh, BT Sport, and he also generally looked, talked about by the press as the man of the match. Um, Patrick, I start with you. That the kind of level of performance we need to see from Wilf on a, on a you know consistent basis now, isn't it?
6: Definitely. Um, he came out um, straight away attacking and didn't stop for the entire match. I was very happy to see him be so aggressive not only with the uh, shooting but with his crossing he took brunt on all day twisted him around and they overall had a really good game and um that's what we need to see from him on a consistent basis i think what pardue has done with him in the last few matches has been brilliant you know not playing him one match and subbing him and then making him play against charlton etc and then bringing him in last week so i think right now he's definitely on the up
2: i was interested to hear um Pardy talking about the fact that he woke up in the morning and thought he'd still thought he'd made the mistake um, when he when he dropped Sacco. Yeah,
6: interesting. Because basically,
2: you know, was, you know, it was almost well. He said it was unfair, almost unfair on on Sacco to drop him out. But when you look at what Wilf you know, did in the game against Watford, and you know, when he came off the bench, he had to start. Nick. Used to be hello everybody. So sorry, sorry for being <laughs> late, sir.
7: Um, <laughs> it's. It was like last season, wasn't it? The, the the mantra was, give it to Yannick, give it to Yannick, because Will wasn't right on form. And, and yesterday, it was, give it to Wilf, give it to Wilf. And we really exploited that weakness that was blount. Blount, blunt, blunt, that was it. <laughs> and um, I don't think there'd be many other teams that will be able to play against and do that long diagonal ball over. You know, it was a sort of game Demo would have loved those passes. But it, it just got them every time. We, we really exploited that weakness. There was one point where he... A, a little trick that Zaha did, and it was, as I said a couple of seasons ago, it was worth paying your money to go in and watch yeah. watch that that level of, of skill and absolutely, you know, as Joel put it so uh, well on the podcast last week, it was a um a notch on the in bed composed of skinning crap defenders, um, <laughs> to coin his analogy. Yeah, well,
5: that's
7: a good analogy, uh,
2: Lucy.
5: I just think he it was the old wealth was back um you could see how much he wanted it and I felt really sorry for him at the end of the game that he actually didn't score um he looked so hungry the whole match he just did not stop I could I sort of imagined in my head and in him in the changing rooms like jumping around and like not even like sitting still for a minute getting all excited you know because he's quite young and I can imagine that he would have been buzzing after that for for, like the first half and then he just came out and he you know, he slogged his guts out. I mean, there were several players that did the whole game, which I'm sure we'll come on to. But, you know, he he was just brilliant. And I, I felt really sorry for him that he didn't get a goal in the end because he tried so bloody hard. Sorry. And um, he would've, it would have been the end to a perfect game for him.
2: Sorry, I nearly dropped my iPad in astonishment at your terrible language, Lucy. Nick, sorry. <laughs> yeah, can I, can I
7: just ask Lucy if she, she said that she imagines in her head at the start? That is there anywhere else that she
2: imagines? Right, but no, let's move hard. on. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's going to say uncalled for, uncalled for.
5: That's no, no, you talking about. <laughs>
2: right. No, seriously, on? <laughs> yeah, moving on. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. No, I, thought, I think the interesting thing with Wilf is that, and, and you, you touched upon this, Nick, is that if you keep giving him, him the ball, that's his game. You know, he, he, he's mm, almost, yeah. you know, he does that thing. He'll, he'll try and fail, he'll try and fail, but he'll never stop trying, you know, to get past a defender. Let's face it, he didn't fail too much getting past Chris Brum, but in general, that was always his game. He would just work up ahead of steam, he'd keep trying different ways of getting past a defender, and once he'd work them out, he'd just torment them the whole game. And you're exactly right. The, the sort of emergence of Balassi as the the stronger of the two over the, you know, particularly when, obviously, Wilf left and spent a season season away after um, after the loan back. So, you know, Balassi became the man. You know, the man we played, who, who took the ball out of defence, who carried the ball long distances, and that was always Wilf. And you know, now he's he he you know got to play in a, in a match where that was very much the, you know, and you've got to think you got Punch and then you got Kavai in the middle there, who both found him. Consistently and brilliantly, you know, and gave him real opportunities to test the defense. Got him one on one a lot of times through some very, very good passing. I think that's a, that's why perhaps Pardew's man of the match came from, you know, he talked about those two central players, and that's perhaps how he thinks and why he thinks that. But for me, Wilf was just absolutely sensational. What did you reckon, Joe?
4: Um, yeah. Good evening, everyone. I'm just going to agree straight away with uh, Booted Eagle from the chat room. Um, I'm still. .net forward slash chat, um, he says Wilf's best game since the semi-final uh, playoff. Uh, since Parz has given him a rocket, um, he, he's really responded. And he has. I mean, he tore Brunt and, and you know, a new one yesterday. I mean, he, he just, he ripped him up the whole game. And I, I, I think with Wilf, I don't think he needs to rocket. It's, it's a, you know, sometimes he can be good and sometimes he can be brilliant. And yesterday he was brilliant. Um, and, and I think, you know, if he's going to get kicked up in the air, it can affect his mood. If it were just going to keep continually grabbing him, kicking him, you know. But I, I think where they tried and just seriously failed um, in in stopping him, I think um, I think he was enjoying it. He could see was like a little kid, you know. He just he just you, he wanted the ball all the time. And I think just very quickly when he got taken off against Spurs, and I said, and you know, quite clearly you could see he had a huge argument because. He was flying his arms around because people weren't passing him the ball and he you know he just wants the ball like a like a kid he just wants to to, 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 to just cane the left boat left or right back and and yesterday he was giving the ball loads and you can see when he's on it you can see what he, you know he, he really looked back to his best I was really pleased for him uh, Patrick.
6: Um, the thing is about wide players, though, is that wide players need the ball when they don't, they get frustrated. So they're never going to be consistently have three and four or five matches in a row where they're going to be great. Because again, it's all depends on the service. So you made a great point before, Chris, about both punching and goodbye getting worth the ball. And it was I think we made a, a, an effort to get the ball to Wolf because of how bad Brunt is, but again, you know, next you know, a couple of weeks from now it'll be a different left back. I and mean, He might have a different game, so I think people have to realise that wing players just need the ball. And again, every match will be a little bit different. So again, happy for how he played last uh, yesterday, and I hope he keeps it up. But again, if he has a bag in that next match, I wouldn't be surprised again. But just because of the nature of that position.
2: Well, it's good. I mean, there's two things, isn't there? There's obviously he's got the pressure to perform um, right. because of you know because of the fact that Sacco's sitting there and has had a great start to his Palace career. You know, and has been a real threat, and has got more shots than pretty much the rest of the team combined. <laughs> so you know that tells its own story. But I mean, that is that sort of side of it. But it's also the confidence side of it, and and the fact that he's been well man managed. You know, yes, he's been he's been taken away by Pardieu and told not good enough. You know, you might think you're it, but you're not good enough, and you won't play in my side until you until you perform consistently to a higher level. And Wolf has responded to that in exactly the right way. And maybe the player of a couple of seasons ago that we we're talking about and saying the old Wilf. That's all very well and good. He was confident, he was going at players, but he wouldn't have responded well to that kind of level of management. So credit to Will for maturing as well as as an individual. So, But I mean, one last little thing on it is perhaps the difference from say last season, even in his best games to to now, what I was really encouraged about was once they panicked a little bit um, as to how much he was beating Brunt, they started putting players out there again. But yep. he didn't. He, they, we still gave him the ball, and yeah. he still beat him. And he wasn't scared. <laughs> he didn't care that there was two, three, maybe even four at times to take on. He just took them on and, and got past them quite regularly. So that for me is a really, really good sign for us for the for the rest of the season. Uh, last little bit
7: on that, Nick. Yeah, a little a bad sign was second half uh, near the manager's near the tu- uh, near the dugout. Uh, he grabbed somebody's throat. They'd been niggling him all the game, and he flipped. And it looked like he'd gone for his face. Um, so Welf was very lucky to be on the pitch to win the penalty in, in the second half. Um, so there's that side of his game that he's got to curb his temper a bit. Because oh, yeah. I was, I was, I was thought he was fortunate to only get a yellow. Then people around me, BlockJ super massive, hello everybody. Um, they, they, we were all of one opinion that he should have gone.
6: No, it wasn't that bad, Nick. It really was. He just but looked like, really aggressive. It, it didn't from where, look from where we on- stood Right, but for on TV, it didn't look that bad. And again, he was getting kicked a lot during that match, so I just think it was just a normal reaction. I don't think he overreacted. I just think that's how you know you, when you play that position a lot and you get kicked around, you're going to react. And I don't think it was that, actually that bad.
2: Yeah, you don't you don't want to take that out of anyone's game anyway. You don't want to take no. that sort of slight aggression. If he's if every single week he's picking up yellows and you know and getting sent off and all that kind of stuff, then yeah, okay, you know if he's like Lee Catamole basically, <laughs> then, <laughs> then, then you've got a problem. Everyone so loves it.
4: Everyone loves a throat grab.
2: Oh, <laughs> yes. I'm,
7: uh, I'm getting coated in the chat room. Yeah, Jill, tell him. Tell them how I'm getting coated.
6: Great, well deserved.
7: Kicked. Dwig said that's a bit unfair. Wolf was horrendously kicked
6: oh, on I the just pitch said a that. second before.
7: I, I, well, I, I'm <laughs> not denying that, but he should temper it. But Sorry. when he when he won a penalty, which um, was over in our Dr. J called uh, on the pitch, um, he celebrated like he'd scored. Yeah, they needed that last week against Watford. i am just just noticed right you, you
2: and you and Patrick warming up a bit then, Nick, for your argument. That's oh yeah, it's like not it. me. I'm ready.
5: It's, it's been brewing fine. since yesterday afternoon.
2: <laughs> it really has. Um, well, that's a little. That's a little. Little um, flagpole. That the stupidest cup of tea ever,
4: Louis. Hey, teachers, behave.
2: All what right. You Don't do? It's alone. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, so, obviously, yeah, we, we've talked a little bit about Wilf. The other side of things is that's our, our, our second clean sheet in a row. And, um, obviously, one of the factors of that what is worthy of discussion is the fact that Wayne Hennessy has been in goal for both. Um, of course, he was also in goal when we conceded against Shrewsbury and Charlton. So, you know, got to give it a little bit of context. But, you know, he's he's won the place in goal ahead of um, Alex McCarthy at the moment and ahead of Julian Speroni. And it's got two clean sheets in a row. And bearing in mind that defence, you know, we've got Brader Hangland, uh, Martin Kelly, um, in that defence as well, who who aren't, you know, who haven't been regular starters. So let's let's start. Just I want to talk about that sort of, you know, the, the defence and the goalkeeper, basically. We've talked about it a lot over the last few weeks. But you know, how much credit would you say Hennessy takes first of all, Gel? Uh, for, for doing what? <laughs> well, that's the point. Against West Brom, absolutely nothing. He well, genuinely he
4: well, made two well, saves, didn't he? Well, then, I mean, he didn't concede a goal. I mean, that's two, you know, it's two clean sheets. So, all, all, you know, all kudos for him. But I, I just, when you have a team that comes away from home, they're supposed to hit us on a break. But, I mean, to, to even try and, to fail at doing that it was just, it's just I'm yeah, I, I'm I'm pleased for him anyway. Like I say, I I said last week we got we got three first 10 goalkeepers, um, and 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 we can we can you know we can share the love and uh, and share the clean sheets. All very good.
2: And Patrick, do you think maybe we should look elsewhere in that defence as to to why we've kept those clean sheets? Maybe a a, a giant Norwegian.
6: Absolutely. Um, <laughs> there's a very famous phrase: "Timing is everything." And you could have put me in goal the last two games, and I would have had at least. It's not a clean shot. i let him maybe one goal in the shot against what, for the Abdi shot last week. Mm. He's had nothing to do for two weeks, and I'll give a lot of credit to Hangland. He has been absolutely brilliant. Dan's been really good, um, and I think Ledley last week was excellent, excellent at blocking and, and playing, and I think yesterday, McCarthy did a great job. So I'm not trying to cope Hennessy, because you know what? He's a goalie, and I've got no problem with him as a goalie, but to give him credit for the two cliches is a joke, because he's had nothing to do for two matches, and I think we've really got to look at Hangland and Dan and how they played, and um, just how um, switched switching around a little bit, you know, from MacArthur to Ledley and how they play and give them much more credit than give the goalie. Because they're they, they, not, not the goalie.
2: Well, j Dog 3 wants to see you in goal, actually, Patrick. <laughs> in the you next know what? Pass.
6: I'm actually not that good, but I, I coach goalies over here, so I won't be that bad, I guess.
2: Um, <laughs> Nick, uh, we've obviously talked about Brader and he's. We'll, we'll talk about him a bit more in a sec, but I just want to bring up the point that Martin Kelly has been part of that back four. And, he's, you know, he got a little bit of stick in the last couple of weeks as well from from people on this show. Um, but he's been part of a defence that hasn't hasn't conceded a goal. Does he does he deserve any credit at all? I think we'll come to Lucy for an opinion on this in a minute as well. Yeah, because he's been part of a defence that's not letting a goal.
7: Can I just come back to Breed? Breed, I, I said yesterday, yeah. your first first name on the team sheet for me at the moment, definitely. Um, yeah, Kelly did did what he had to do. He had room to go forward, didn't he? It, it gave him an... Um, Whoever was playing on that side at the time, because they were swapping over a bit, bit of time to overlap gave us another option. It was like we were playing a training match against a team that were on defence drills. Yeah, it really
2: was. It I really was.
7: was. I feel yeah, I know right. I, I know a West Brom fan really well, and he's just he's in the pits of despair that we were in under Trevor Francis. Police is sucking the life out of that club, and it, it has to be said, you know, they're they're not glory hunters, West Brom supporters, and I, I, it really breaks my heart to see people have to pay money to watch that anti-football shit and you I, watched I'm it, you sorry
6: paid, you paid last week last year to watch it so
7: yeah I know but we shouldn't have to <laughs> should we? we're, we're, we're consumers
6: yeah. we
7: should be entertained and police isn't entertaining football and it should be it's not football it's get him on the trades descriptions sorry mm-hmm. well, then, no, well, well, and are well, we rid of him eh aren't we rid of him look where we are now
2: Well, this is an it's an interesting point, and it's one I'm definitely going to come back to. Um, I want to get because because we're talking, but that's fine. I don't mind. You know, we can we can jump between things. It's cool. I just wanted just wanted to put a little flag in it and say we'll we'll come back to the issue of Poulos. It's something I think we can talk about in quite a lot of detail. But on Kelly, Lucy, you've you've made a comment in the chat room, our chat room, if you like. Um, What's your view of Martin Kelly? Um, say it.
5: Say it. Just say the word. (laughs) Um, I just want to also. Make the point that Nick changes who he put first on the team sheet every single week. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I, think, I think about three weeks ago it was Soiree, the other week it was Gail, this week Thank it's you. Thank you. <laughs> make up your mind, Nick. Be consistent. Hey, You're a teacher. You, no, because you've got to go on a game by game.
7: <laughs> You're right.
3: The so okay. first, name, no, on my my first name
7: on the team sheet. It would have been yesterday anyway, and it'll be my first name on the team sheet when we play West Ham when when Al rings me. All right. fair dues. Um, But yes,
5: back to Martin Kelly. Um, I just he's okay, and I think for the where we're going, we need someone who is more than okay. Um, and I think we need to start giving Mariappa a chance. Um, I. Do think he is much better than Kelly? Uh, I well, Kelly just doesn't. I don't feel like he brings anything to the game. When you look at the likes of, you know, our normal defence lineup, you know, they all bring a little something, whereas Kelly is just a bit meh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um Well, I'm going to stick up for Martin Kelly here. Um, I just would we'll mention that uh, producer. Producer Sam, who's also in the background helping Mikey, has also pointed out that he feels Mariapa's better than Kelly. And, you know, Mariappa is, is a very good player and has you know, contributed to, to Palace excellently over a number of, number he of years. He also has a great song. He does have a great song. I'm not going to sing it, but he does have a good song. But... Um, <laughs> But look, I'm going to defend Martin Kelly. First of all, he was, you know, he was picked in the England squad as a, as a right back not that long ago. You know, he, he emerged at Liverpool. You know, and we've got this feeling that he, he will end up a centre back. You know, he's got to play there if that's the case. And it's interesting that, you know, he never really does, um, you know, for Palace at all. But um, he he was superb at left back for a number of games last season and, and didn't really get the credit he deserved, I don't think. And you know, the more natural position of right back for him. You know, I think he needs—he just needs a run of games there, before, and, and he's going to get that because Joel Ward's not going to be back for you know another, maybe another three, four weeks yet, by the sounds of it. So, I think at the end of that run of games, it's going to be going to be harder for Ward to get back in that side than perhaps you know people think. Um, what side, Chris? <laughs> I've just got a, that side, Nick. What do you Thank think? Thank you. You—you you, you wanted to
7: speak? What did? No, on. Uh... And Kelly, I, I, he needs to be up against uh, more difficult opposition before we 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 make judgment. And as somebody in the chat room said, put him at centre back once Ward's back. And do we know when Ward is back? Mm,
2: like I said it's, it's going to be about I reckon, a matter of weeks, you know, rather than than days. So he's um, he's a while off. Yeah. Just to pick up on the fact that uh, Terence Ford, I don't know if you've heard of him. He runs some website called redandbluearmy.co.uk there you go Terence I plugged it for you even though your message says shut up Chris he's pony <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, uh, go on Patrick
6: you know what I agree with Terence is a bit pony oh. um, you know and this is the thing Chris I agree with you last, week, last year at left back was very good and I even liked him at centre back I think he made one match back there but honestly at right back he just doesn't do anything for me he doesn't defend very well he never gets forward he can't cross the ball um Maybe he's just you know, hasn't played a lot this year. Maybe that's the reason why. But I don't. I haven't liked him. I think you know Nick and I agree on one thing today, and that was the fact that he needs to have tougher opponents for us to really judge him. I don't think West Brom or Watford, even though Watford, you know, were much better attacking than even West Brom were yesterday. I think we need to see him based on better opponents. But I think yesterday's, you know, you can't really judge him. It's kind of like judging Hennessy on the last two matches. I'll give him a break because of you know. The, the, the clean sheet but again I don't think um, Kelly is our best option at right back even though he is right now with the injury to Ward.
2: I understand the point and I, I completely see what people are basing those opinions on you know he's, he's been very ineffective at stopping crosses for a start right? Um, right. particularly from that right hand side I don't, I don't know why that is I don't know why you know he turns his back quite a lot or yeah and he, he's quite sluggish to you know when a when a when an attacker moves the ball quickly you know those are there are little things that aren't I'm great with him in that position, which I think lends itself to thinking that he should be a centre-back. But, you know, I, I think he's a better player than he gets credit for. But people do like to, um, you know, to take a judgment on a player and, and pick on him on a regular basis, I think. But, um, you know, there you go. That's just my opinion. And, that, you know, we, we invite all kinds of opinions on Homestar Radio, despite, you know, what some people might say. <laughs> yeah, you know that was a reference to, don't you? <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, um Look, he's, at the end of the day, we've had two clean sheets in a row, and I'm, I'm, you know, I think that's an impressive thing to have done. I think a lot of it, you know, let's let's be fair, a lot of it was completely down to West Brom's complete lack of ambition against us, and we definitely will talk about it at the moment. But let's talk about Yannick Bolasie. Um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll set this up. Uh, Yannick was um, was I'm about scared. to be was about to be subbed. This is this is the Nick and Patrick thing that we've we set up here. Uh, he was about to be subbed at the time he scored. Um, Alan Pardew said um, because cause he you know he felt he wasn't really a goal threat um, was his explanation for that. And you know gets his head on the end of a great ball and, and scores, which was nice. And um, seeing the circumstances, he's gone out there and you know after being at his, his uh, father's funeral on the Thursday. Um, you know, he played in difficult circumstances, really, and got to score a goal and got to dedicate it to the memory of his of his dad, which was fantastic for him. Um, but you know, a lot of people have, have picked up on how he was playing generally in the match. And first of all, obviously, Wilfred Zaha outshone him. I think that's a fair thing to say. But second of all, you know, he was he was involved, he was direct, but a lot of misplaced passes and things like that. And people have kind of have kind of started there. Now, Nick, I'm going to start. Getting, you can state your case. How did you feel Balassi played? Before, I... <laughs> Oh,
7: there's a tram. We're on a tram, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm rocking about like I'm on a tram. No. <laughs> um, so before I start, I love Yannick. I think he's great. But yesterday, he was shit. And it was only the fact that he scored that goal that he stayed on what? the pitch. He was having a crap game. His shots were was soft. He, he made a couple of good runs. But this is a Premier, Premier League. We need to have top-class players. Uh, Pardew wow. saw it. Pardew saw it. Now Patrick is going to make the excuse that his father died, and I'm very sorry that that's happened. My my died I had an anniversary like that, but you know you, you still get on. And if it's going to affect your business in a multi-million-pound industry like football, at that point in time, before before he scored, Sako Sako was on the Sako
6: Sacco. Party, Sacco. Ready,
7: Sacco, ready ready to ready to come on. Pardew had seen that he wasn't up for the game. That cross from Kabai, yep. Joe was on the pitch. He'd have had the now, now to to be in the right position for that cross. <laughs> there would have been somebody else there if Belassi wasn't there. I guarantee it. He hadn't played his best game. Well done for scoring. I hope it opens the floodgates. I hope it's a for an American term a four-sit to a plethora of goals. Oh but God. yesterday, uh, he was shit up Thanks. until he
2: scored.
6: Thanks, Ebenezer. Sorry. Patrick. Yes, he was. He was far from um, as poor as you say, Nick. Let's get a few statistics out of the way, okay? That was his first ma- third match in a he's played the whole 90 minutes. Before that, he hasn't played the entire match. So he's getting into his form. People talk about his passing yesterday. He completed yesterday 29 or 35 passes in the attacking third. I don't consider that to be very bad. You talk about how he didn't play well as far as the goal and anybody could have scored it. But they didn't score it. He scored the goal. And again, people wanted to keep, you know, say, oh, he only scored one goal. But the goal won us the match everybody knows that kind of match last year, the game we would have lost because, you know, something would have happened where um, it would be nil-nil late and then West Brom would have scored. We all be complaining today about how Pudis beat us again, 1-0, how we let Pudis come in and beat us. He got in a position score that goal and that, and that counts for something. So, again, you want to complain about his father passing away. Again, he's a human being, you know, um, those things affect players. He just signed a new contract last week. That probably he's on his mind for a while too. You've got to give him a chance to settle in. Again, and we're comparing him again. Because Wilf, oh, of Wilf had a great match yesterday. And again, compared to Wilf, he was very, very bad yesterday. But but Yannick did not have a bad match. Okay, He did not. And my last thing is this. Okay, Wide players in the Premier League. Only four, five, four teams that I know of play with wide players like Wolf and uh, and Yannick. They are Everton that play with uh, Dele Alli and uh, Lennon. Um, Swansea play with A. U. and Montero. Redmond uh, Norwich play Redmond and Jarvis, and Bournemouth play with Richie and Pew. So you're comparing Yannick to who? Those players, and if you do compare him to those players, he's having a very good season, and he's not even had a good season so far. So again, you can criticize him all you want, and I say you you say you like him, but again, I think he's played much better than people give him credit for, and I think he's only going to
7: get better from now on. I hope you're right. I hope he does get better, but let me retort. A player who we rely on scoring a goal once in a while, the last one we had like that, that got away with being one of those players that did faffle all game, but would score out of nowhere, was um, Ambrose. Yeah, we forgave Ambrose because he'd score goals you know, and if we're going to go for goals, and it, has a player that's going to score goals for us, he needs to get more. But I'm, I'm going on yesterday's match. All
6: right, he'd but been Nick, affected.
7: He was playing rubbish up until he scored the goal. Listen. I'm sorry. All
6: right, he wasn't playing rubbish. He wasn't, he, he wasn't wasn't he, playing great. But I'll say again, you, you cannot compare. Which Giannis isn't Classic good
7: enough. Down, down, isn't probably. good enough for Premier League. Playing great is not good enough. You have got to play brilliant. Sorry.
6: <laughs> All the he time, wasn't playing great. Every game. Every minute. That's not realistic, so, it's just
7: not. Why was you going to take him off then? Nick, Nick, Listen, it's slightly not,
2: undermining your own argument a bit. Right, there I'm not, the, I'm
6: <laughs> not denying. It's a, great, no, it's a great point, and I put that in, in our chat. I, I agree with you. Paul was, was going to take him off, but he didn't, and he scored. So, I agree with you. Taking a player off, you know how many men do want to take a player off and they haven't, and the guys end up scoring a goal and winning a game? That happens all the time, Nick. All right, so that's not a good argument to say. You take him watched. off. He I watched. I right? watched. He was right. gonna come
7: on and the ref didn't notice that they no, wanted to make No, I'm not just doing that. I've not I, notice. So you had that undoes your last argument. You said it, that he didn't take him off when he scored. He never had the opportunity to take him off. Right. And it was and lucky that, all it the happened time.
6: that way. Well luck's part of the game. Look at Wayne Hennessy, lucky been, how, lucky for two matches too. We've got two clean sheets. I mean, luck's part of the game, Nick. It happens. So again. You don't right. like you don't
2: Go ahead, go ahead, Chris. Uh, so I, I've been asked to see if I can clarify, Nick, what the difference between brilliant and great is. <laughs> <laughs> Pass, go on, Not carry on.
7: Apparently. All right, all
2: right. No, look, it's an interesting point. The funny thing for me is I, I you know, I, I picked out um, Balazs myself when there was a discussion we had during the game, um, you know, while, while we were watching the match. and And I think... I think you know there was discussion over who was playing well, who wasn't playing well, and I picked Balassi as someone who was playing poorly. Right. Uh, and almost the the moment I did, he had he had a couple of really good moments, and then went and scored. But right. you know, as as it often is, forever doing that, saying, "Oh, for God's sake, will you play?" Oh, you, yeah, you score. <laughs> but yeah. So, and, and I, I actually think overall, when you look at that that team performance, I think that they you know we had a, we had a lot of sevens and eights out of ten there. You know, Wilf was probably pushing a 10 and I don't think Yannick was anything lower than a six during the course of that game. And that's that's OK. You know, that's that's all right. He just he was it just is. overshadowed by some other really, really top performances. And he gave the ball away a little bit too much and all that. But um, let's get some other um, hopefully less angry opinion in this, Jill, <laughs> And all that.
4: Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Wagger66 in the, uh, in the chat said, it's amazing. Here we are fourth in the Premier and we're bitching about a slot dropping performance. From, uh, from one of our best players. And, yeah, Nick is I, not I, me. And I, just, yeah. I just said, I I, I agree. Um, and then he came <laughs> back with, um, uh, uh, if you wants to, quote anyone. Campbell? No. no.
2: I mean, he's the usual target, but I think would right, be a bit exactly. harsh.
4: No, <laughs> I, I, think he, I think he was being facetious. Yeah, I yeah, know he was, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, but, um, views, uh,
5: Lucy? I... Um, I love Yannick. Don't get me wrong, I think we we all love him, but I just think sometimes he looks like he can't be bothered he's and I, and lazy. I do think Wilf sometimes has that temperament too, but I just think yesterday he again he just he lacked a bit of inspiration he he looked a little bit lazy, but then he goes and scores, and he's just he's different it's completely he's completely changed and I think he, he needs to kind of step up a bit because, like Nick said, you know, this is Premier League. Same for Martin Kelly. Sometimes he's OK. You know, it's, they just need to, you know, crank that gear up a little bit and realise where they are. And that they're in the Premier League now. We're sitting in fourth. It, sometimes being lazy is going to cost us. And yeah, they so. just need to be careful.
2: It's a high pressure environment, you're right. And again, we talk about the competition for places. Uh, we did ask um on, on Twitter earlier what people thought um, you know, ahead of this argument <laughs> well, argument, sorry, discussion between uh, Patrick and Nick. Debate. Um debate. yeah, debate, yeah. Cole Crasher said that um, Yannick was poor. Gold covered up the cracks, kept going inside instead of stretching the place where could be overlapping. Um Tim Green also said six out of ten. Surprise Sacco didn't come on for him, but the lads had a lot to deal with recently and it was a good goal. Uh Scott E. W says Six out of ten. Not one of his better games. The goal helped his score, to be honest. Uh, David, uh, David Field. That looks like my eyes don't really work. David Field, nineteen seventy-three, says uh, gave him five out of ten. Um, Steve O's Urban Carper, gave him four. Said he was poor, just about to get hooked and been poor for a while, um, but obviously his personal circumstances play a part. Reggie Blitz said awful performance. Anyone who doesn't think that is blinded by his FIFA tricks. He's been poor for a while now. <laughs> Three out of ten. Co- co-
4: uh, Coach Matt in uh, in in the chat homestale dot uh, net forward slash chat said uh, Balas's misses were closer than before. <laughs> What's your Chris, Chris
6: yeah. can I make one we, point now?
2: You um, can. Talk, more, you, but, yeah.
6: he, he's been poor for a while, but how did he play in the Chelsea match when he came on? Was he yeah, poor in that match?
2: It, no, he wasn't. No. You yeah.
6: know what I mean. So people forget that, right, Nicholas? When <laughs> he came. He's, when he's he came
7: been, on as a sub, different psychology, different situation. Oh, he's being so hypercritical. The, he's hypercritical. Yeah,
6: I'm being I'm being hypersensitive, so I'll stop talking.
7: No, he's, <laughs> was resting on his laurels. <laughs> right, the
6: ball.
7: That's uh, why I say, hopefully, onwards and upwards, and that's the end of it. But um, I want to see
2: Belassi back to his best. Hmm. Can I Just last on that, Colin Squire said he thought that was Yannick's worst performance of the season until the goal, and it was an obvious one for him to come off for Sacco. So uh, lo- lots of similar opinions. But I think, again, people hopefully realising that we're, we're talking about one game and one performance today. And um, But I think generally speaking, the, the, the performance for Yannick um, this season, I think he has struggled uh, to to find anything like his best form in general. Uh, again, you picked a great example there, Patrick, of him coming off the bench against, um, against Chelsea and having a real right. impact. And that was great. That was great to see. And that, that's the sort of level he needs to to get to on a regular basis. But doubt, Rannick, doubt. You, we know Yannick is a terrific player. He really is. And, and I think it is a completely fair thing to say he's been below his best. But it's great to be thinking, of, you know, that oh, you know a player of that quality has not quite reached the standard that we'd like him to reach while we're sitting in fourth position in the table. I agree. I think people I are very quick to go, oh, you know, what are you moaning about? Well, actually, we're not. We're just, we're, really, we're discussing the right. only things we can discuss, you know, when we're doing so well. We could just sit here and play Fiesta music, dancing and saying how great we are. But... Are we? <laughs> No, <laughs> not really. No. <laughs> just, just to um, just to um, see how far we've come in the last
7: few years. Can we have a Trevor Francis moment? We, what do you mean? <laughs> Please no. Well, just Please remember no. how bad it was. Just for one minute, and then come back and. I don't. And, I don't know, ever want it, to think it, about, it, about that right, I don't want to think. Or oh,
6: Peter
4: I Taylor. Just, no, just we, I'm all right. a... Thank you. <laughs> I just, I just want to. Uh, Glazers Eagle said, uh, "Where Zahar grabs throats, Yala puts his feet up." Not sure I changed that either. So, you know, I, I, and then someone else just said, it, you know, basically what we got is when you're saying he can't be bothered to look or or don't look interested, it, it basically is, it's like a sprinter trying to get his breath back. That's mm. that's that's what that's what they're doing. And, uh, and you know, I never thought about it that way. Right. And it's a it's a, it's a good observation, Coach it Matt. That's yeah. why you're a coach,
2: probably. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy. Right.
5: Um yeah uh, sorry I was just reading stuff. Um yeah Daniel Stone it's 13 fine. tweeted earlier when we were asking the questions. He tweeted me to ask you guys what you th- who you think um Yannick has played his best fo- football under manager wise. It's a good
2: question. Good
5: um, question. I said that to him and I said I'd ask so there you go Daniel. <laughs> I kept to my word.
2: Uh it's a really tough one because he um he was excellent under Pulis funnily enough he was like he was like our almost, at times our one creative outlet, um, and certainly the one we relied on to get the ball away from defence, uh, the sort of pat of the box. And I guess, you know, he played very very well under Tony Pulis. He wasn't as effective under Holloway um, no. as he was when playing under Dougie. Funnily enough, right? Um, for me, it's, yeah, for me, it's between Dougie and um, and Pulis because you know,
6: Chris, I'd actually might seen part. Duke. I'm looking at last year's matches that he played really well in. Mm. And with, um, I've got the Newcastle home game and he put that pass in, came off the bench for Campbell to tie the match. Sunderland, he had the hat-trick, obviously. Played well in the Chelsea away, the 1-0 loss. He played great against Liverpool away and he played well against uh, Swansea. So I actually might think it might have been Pardew at the l- end of last season.
2: That's a fair point. I wasn't really thinking <laughs> for some reason. I uh, I've that. got a lot
6: of stats for briannick based on my uh, debate with Mr. Gillard.
5: Mm. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, no, look, it's, that's a good question, and I, I yeah. do think, like I say, I do think he's, um, you know, obviously he's dropped, dropped his standard of late, and I think there's been a whole culmination of things. We talked about, you know, the sad situation in his personal life, but you know, there's also the fact that it was quite clear he was, he was looking for a move at one point. I think exactly. So
6: there
2: you go. All best, of
7: those best things. Manager, to go on. Sorry, Chris. Best manager he's played under, uh, Jean Florent Ikwange Ibonji, um, the <laughs> DR Dian- Congo. Congo manager, because yeah. whenever. He plays well for the done. R Congo. He's bleeding mustard, isn't he? He's yeah. made, made better performances under him. So I'd say that the uh, Democratic Republic of Congo's manager <laughs> that is the answer you know, to the previous well question. Well done, Nick.
2: Nick. Well done, that. Yeah, he plays him up front, though, doesn't he? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, anyway. And gives him
7: free roam. He's all over the place. But he, he scores some classic, really good goals for them. Why can't he score for Palace?
6: He scored yesterday, Nick. <laughs> all right well, oh, you know yeah, what i mean neck.
4: all right
6: oh, oh it's well, I'm to separate <laughs> been
7: enemies. brewing all afternoon Jill. Brilliant.
6: but i'm good now thank you i've got it out out my out of my system thank you so much
2: i just realized like i said i'm gonna have to separate you two and you're separated by thousands of miles of sea yes. the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, yeah um let's uh let's um let's talk about the the middle two punch and goodbye those are the ones that were picked out by alan pardew as being, uh, as being the players that controlled the game, and in particular, uh, Kabay was dictating the tempo. Um, I'm interested to sort of pick on this again. Joe, we talked to you an awful lot about, uh, about and, Um, You know, and again, you had reservations in this game about, about how, how he was doing, and you know, that's what kind of sparked our conversation about Balassi during the course of the game. But um, the two of them found an awful lot of attacking passes and put an awful lot of pressure on um on West Brom's defense and, and we really really pushed them um what was your view of those two
4: well firstly um you could you could quite clearly see that there was a, a distance between them um I said to you last week I, I, I really thought that they would you know get that that Kabai was getting in in punching way and taking his space well I've just had a, someone in the in the uh in the in the chat that was saying about uh I'm being critical I couldn't believe that about Hangeland. um Part, you know he's passing. If he, he needs to pass it more than five yards, which is a ridiculous statement, because everything he's done—thirty-four and thirty-five passes he made yesterday. Yep. Um, but 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 when when you when you when you look back, you'll see that the, when Hangeland had the ball, the first player that he looked up for every single time was Kebaya, and yep. all it was—it was literally the commentator was Hangeland's got the ball, passes to Kebaya, <laughs> and then Kabai gets his head up. Because he, yeah. he is one of the rare people that we've got that can stick his head up and get a little bit of time on the ball. But that was, was fantastic for me because while he's only five or ten yards away, it means he's, he, he, he's not screening the defence, but what he is, he's, he's willing to get the ball, turn, get his head up, and then pass it instead of trying to be the all-out at, all attack. And I think that's what he did. Instead of having the two attacking midfielders uh, with, with punch as well, it, it separated them. It separated them by twenty or thirty yards, and that was was fantastic for us because, for, for a few reasons. Firstly, sometimes we've we've had a single ball that's been played through the middle, that's, you know, with no one on them. I, I, you know, we're they too tight to each other? And I think because they were so far apart, I don't think they could play any expansive football at all. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm really pleased that that, that, that looked like it works. And listen, let's this, this be honest, I know West Brom were poor yesterday and they really were piss poor. But, you know, they, they've, they're they still all professional footballers. They've still got... They're playing for professional pride, you know, no matter what. You know, they they, they did try and kick Wolf most of the game. You know, they, they, they are a big physical side. So they wouldn't have gone out and not tried. And I think we just... I think Pardew out fought them, but but to separate... You know, the, the, the two most supposedly attacking players in the middle of the park, I thought was was good effort.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, it's, it's interesting you say that uh, about you know the fact that they were you know it's not like they weren't trying West Brom you know they were poor, but it's not like they weren't trying. And you talk about Padgy perhaps outthinking them, but uh, for me, yeah, that that's that's such a good point because we were that much better than them. We were too good for them. You know, their game plan. They came with a game plan. They just did not have the ability the concentration and the fitness to to keep that game plan going for ninety minutes, and that was great because when you compare that to last season, you know they had a game plan and they were able to keep it going for ninety minutes and we had we had nothing we had no way of, of getting through them and that's and that's why I think Kabai got the um, got the attention from Pardew because I think he was the difference um you know he could, he could pick up the ball in any position and you know, okay, I, I think he actually misplaced a few passes for the first time this season, but funnily enough, it was probably his best performance. It was it was very, very weird. But, um, you know, we, we did so many things right in there. And You know, I think, again, it's very tempting to, to talk about how bad West Brom were, but we were excellent. We really were. Um, I'll just talk a little bit, I'd actually, no, before I go on, anyone else got any uh, more views on Kabayi, Lucy? I'm sure you've got some views on how Johan played.
5: Oh, he's dreamy, isn't he? He is
2: dreamy. all right. right. <laughs> oh. oh
5: <God. laughs> Come on, Joe. You've got to admit it. He's beautiful. But <laughs> like, you know, he's just considering. He's not very tall in stature. He commands that midfield like a giant. I know that sounds really corny, it but does. He, he's just he's just incredible. Like. He makes such a difference to the game. Um, I mean, that cross that he made that resulted in Balassi scoring was just beautiful. Like, when have we ever sort of seen Palace play like that in recent years? He's he's just brilliant and he adds so much to the midfield and to the the other players surrounding him. He's just, and I think the partnership with him and MacArthur, that's bossing in into a really, really strong force, and I think it'll be really difficult to split them up. Which makes me question where's Jednak going to fit in when he is well, back? It's
2: a good point, and I think I'll come to that. But Patrick, you first,
6: yeah. But you, um, great point, Lucy. But I'll tell you right now, he's so good, he makes everyone look good. He made uh Ledley last week when he played with the middle played great, so and now he's starting to uh, you know, put together a nice little thing with punch and so. He's such a good player that does. I don't think who matters who he puts in the middle. I'm not even kidding. I think we put Jedi in the middle. He make Jedi a ten times better player. So I think that just having him on our team has made us so much better. And I'm very very happy he's on our team.
5: Agreed.
2: Yeah. I, I thought it was interesting that when when we signed him, I genuinely thought we were signing him to play him in behind the, the front the ten. End. Yeah,
6: exactly. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, that. And, yeah I, and I thought I thought,
2: so and too. I thought I thought that's really harsh on on it's not really harsh on Punchin or Schmack or whoever's playing there. Right. And I thought what what a terrible thing. And basically he's come in and replaced Jednak. You know, he's, he's <laughs> unbelievable, he's coming, yeah. and also, and he's also topping the interception charts, and you know, he's also getting tackles in continuously every game, very, very high up on those stats but, as yeah, well. But,
4: but there's there is a downside on it. How many? Who's coming in statos? How many yellows has he got already? Because right, right? So he, another two, another and two. We are yeah. losing So, Great you know, it's a good point. You know, it's he, he, all well and good him tackling. What we what we really need is is MacArthur kicking people and tackling, um, which he does. But, you know, he, he does... I think with him, he's got that Gallic temper, is not he? You can I am going to say,
6: it's, it's part of who he is, though. It doesn't matter where yeah. you play him, he's going to pick up those, those yeah, but yellows. The
4: thing is, he is he's an integral part of the team now. And you can see when he ticks, we tick. And and it doesn't matter who you play against. You know, it, it's... Uh, it, it really... He is he is important to us now. You know, we've come to sort of almost rely on him. Um, and, and to keep... You know, just to be to be kicking people because they're kicking him and getting yellows is something, you know... But I oh, so yes, I'd, I'd yes.
2: take it I'd take him tackling the knot. Yeah. Yeah, and look, he also he got away with a couple yesterday as well, which I think, you know, kinda of got glossed over. He had a couple of late challenges before he got a yellow, but um, it was, you know, he was disciplined after he got one, so I suppose, you know, there's you know, there wasn't that huge a risk of him getting sent off or anything like that. But we are you know, we're undoubtedly gonna lose him to suspension I think. Lucy, you've got some stats on Kabai, hopefully football related. <laughs>
5: um yeah, the inside leg no. Um <laughs> <laughs> He completed 50 out of 57 passes, and um, out of 10 tackles, he was successful in six. Um, and I, I just think, I don't know, he's just hes just brilliant. And you, can't I think... talk,
4: you can't even talk thinking of <laughs> no. Yeah, he's
2: so dreamy.
5: <laughs> <laughs> you, you wait till Damo's back.
2: <laughs> Is he going to get back? You can't drop Brader, right?
5: Oh, God, don't make
2: canundrum, me decide. You're going to have to decide. Like, interesting no, about Hangland. Sorry. I did notice <laughs> he, um, he had a couple of moments, actually, in that game that sort of reminded me that he's... Because I've been, been watching him, like probably like, pretty much everybody's been watching him the last few games, thinking, how on earth was he not in our side? And, you know, how on earth is he not playing for, for one of the best clubs in the world? Because he's absolutely un- unbelievable. We had a little a couple of little wobbly moments against West Brom where he gave the ball away, Um, well, got, got sort of tackled on... Halfway and once when he jumped in a little hasty, it just reminded me a little bit of. um, It's just a shame that you know we've got him towards the end of his career, maybe, and sometimes he could be a little bit slow. And um, there's lots of people who want to speak because of what I just said there. I think it goes Patrick, then no, yes, it goes Patrick, then Nick. We'll skip. Yeah, go.
6: Uh, Just, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys saw the the program. I'm lucky enough I get an email to me the day before, so I read the program on Friday, and there's a great article in the program on Hangland and he talks about how he's he was happy to come here, and also how he doesn't mind not playing. So the question you had, uh, Chris, about you know putting Delaney back in, I don't think he'll have a problem playing. One, I think he he could do with the rest, apparently, because you know he knows he can't play 30 matches a season. But just his whole temperament is that he just wants to be there for the team. You need me, I'll step in. If it's Dan, it's Delaney, etc. So I think it's a great problem to have. You know, I think if Damon goes back in there, fans might complain about it, but he won't. And I think that's what makes him such a great uh, team player.
2: Yeah. And you need that. You absolutely need that. You really um, do. Nick. Is he back? Yeah, he wanted to speak, but he's not saying any words. Yeah,
6: yeah he's your, frozen.
2: Your,
7: oh, your,
2: point, your point about the. Um, your point about
7: the. Um, the, the one or two mistakes. Now, if if that had led to a goal, would he have been as coated as um, McCarthy was for his mistakes? It it's it just goes to show an air kick or a mistake for the Pitch is is highlighted by goalkeeper mistakes. I still feel McCarthy should be back in goal. Sorry, just going back to mistakes and goal, I think we should but stick ha- with him.
5: Hangalan's mistakes didn't
6: lead to a goal. McCarthy's did. No, but they could easily point it out. Let him know that again, please. <laughs>
5: I'll repeat yeah, Hangalan's mistakes in the
7: way which no, but he's a he's, uh, better position to make mistakes further up the pitch than the goalkeeper is. That's my point. Oh, Nick, you're so, you're so
2: controversial.
6: Yeah, you really are. Just starting stirring tonight. He's a stir. Yeah.
2: I don't know. you don't want to think anymore. Um, <laughs> everyone's sort of gone quiet and sighing at Nick. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, he's derailed us. Completely derailed us. Uh, no, seriously, right? I mean bef- what about we, Pulis coming? We back can, to we can, of, we can, of course, talk about that. Well, first of all, everyone's talked about him being anti-football, and, and I had someone, uh, a, a Chelsea friend, a supporting friend of mine, who is obviously very distressed at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> noticed I'm I'd ahead, said, I? noticed I'd called Pulis some names after the game on uh, on Twitter, and said, you know, you loved him last year. You know, what's your problem, kind of thing. Well, obviously, we know what my problem is. Mainly is the you know the way he left. But Judas. Um, yeah, but I, I genuinely don't think, and this was raised as a question, again, and I'm going to try and find out who raised it as a question while I talk, but we, I don't think he played that way against us. There you go, it was Tony King who got in touch with me, something else to, to talk about for, about for Tony later on as well. But he said, we weren't. please tell me we weren't that awful to watch under Pulis, it was the most negative I've ever seen a team play. Uh, would you rather we stayed up playing the Pulis way or went down playing the Pardew way? Um which is a good question. Well, first of all, I don't think you have to make that choice because the Pardew way doesn't end in relegation. But the <laughs> the, the way the way Pulis played, um, got got us playing, was actually, it kind of, it played into our hands a bit because we were a proper counter-attack inside at the time. Right. You know, he, he came in and he, he solidified a defence that was just leaking goals left, right and centre. And I think despite what, it, what, you know, he wants to take credit for it all, I think he lucked out massively by walking yep. into a club that was set up Yep. That just literally needed his natural <laughs> defensive, defensive mind to, to turn us into the, that the team that we were, and you know I didn't hate I didn't hate watching Palace under Poulos. There were times that I did. There were times that I thought, you know, it was a bit hard to watch. But we never put out well, against maybe a couple of times against some of the bigger teams. We might might have put out a, a defensive display a little bit like that. But we always had a, a, the ability to break. You know, we always had. I think they had 39% possession. I can remember some worse statistics under Pulis, but I always felt we were quite exciting on the break, and I didn't see that we were from. Um So similar. Uh, go on then, Patrick, you're next.
6: Yeah, um, Chris, there's a wonderful interview um, on the now-defunct Palace Radio where Paris spoke about why he took so long to hire a manager and why he contemplated hiring Pulis, and he had mentioned that he didn't want his think I play the quote-unquote Pulis way, you know, the long balls, etc. And you're absolutely right. The fact that he walked into a team that had two... You know, wingers that could play and counter attack, and that in the counter attack makes him look like a genius. The man is a negative uh, person as far as playing football. Stoke proves it, and so does West Brom. West Brom can only play one style. They don't have wingers, like I said, been mentioned before. They don't have wingers that can get wide and counter attack. yesterday. To take it off a half time, he took off his striker at half time of a match that, that you know they weren't even winning. I mean, the man, it, it's it's amazing. So people want to give him credit for that, you know, never getting relegated. Stat, which is a great stat, so as long as you quit before you team relegated. Exactly, but, um, yeah, right? But, um, <laughs> which he did at least once. I think he did it twice, yeah. but. Um, it's it's negative, and I feel I, like, Nixon for I do feel bad for West fans because I couldn't. I, we didn't play that badly last year. We did a couple of matches. I remember we had one match with like three percent possession or twenty five percent possession. But at least we had Yannick and Wilf to look at, and you know, Glenn Murray and Dwight Gale. But the man just plays some negative football that is so hard to watch. Yesterday's match, I'm telling you, I thank God on my knees every minute of that game that we didn't have that man manager anymore because it was so bad to watch. It was awful to watch West 1 play. They waste time at nil nil. I mean, it was we didn't do that last year. It was just. It was awful, and I'm really glad he's oh. gone.
2: Yeah, the moment the moment the second half kicked off, they were time wasted. I mean, right, I've, <laughs> I've, I've seen us do that a little bit. Probably actually under Warnock rather than Poulos. Thank you. When Pughness we were either. ahead, when we were ahead, by the way, <laughs> which not is when yeah, which not when we're nil nil. I just yeah, the whole mentality was wrong. And, and it's interesting you talk about him, you know, not really playing with um, with wide players as such. He doesn't play with full-backs either. He likes four centre backs right. across the back <laughs> and four so central midfielders ridiculous. across the midfield. Right. And then, and then one, you know, then one guy out of position, uh, in behind a striker, usually. So no, he's a he's a very strange, strange individual, I think. And yeah. he, I don't, I, you know, if I was a West Brom fan, I'd, I'd be very worried as well because or a I you know, well player. as a player, you wouldn't want to stay there. It's no wonder Barry Hinkley's now exactly. There,
6: I can't wait. To get anyway, away.
2: anyway, uh, Lucy, you were next.
5: Um, the thing with Tony Pulis is, well, before the game, a lot of people were saying. You know, Twitter was divided about booing him when he came on the pitch, and blah blah blah. And I, I, for me, I just I don't feel anything towards him. He's nothing to me. That's really harsh, isn't it?
2: Um, (laughs) It sounded a bit brutal, but yeah. um,
5: You've got to remember that he he kept us up, and that is a massive thing. And we can't forget that he did that. But then that's just tainted with what he did, you know, 48 hours before last season. He, you know, left us right in it. But ultimately, doing what he did led us to pards. And I know there was the bit with Warnock in between. But, you know, we can forget about that. Um, He... Yeah, he's nothing. You know, I I'd, I'd think people need to get over it. I mean, stop worrying about him. He's, you know, he's... And with regards to West Brom, oh, my God, they were absolutely dire. And some... Uh, it was Daniel Stone again on Twitter. He asked me, who do you think were the worst team that we played? West Brom or Charlton. And for me, it was absolutely West Brom. That was appalling from a Premier League side. And you've only just got to look at the manager for that that problem.
2: Yeah, to be honest with you, when you see a team play like that, and again, I, feel, I do feel a bit for the players, I think, uh, that have to play in that system. But, um, you know, I, I, I look at that and I, I want them to go down, not just because I, I think Pudis deserves it, but I think playing that way, playing that football, a team doesn't really deserve to stay in the division. Um, and I say it, it might seem a bit rich, to certainly to, to people who are just looking in at this who wouldn't be Palace fans. I might think, well, you know, you were doing the same thing when you when you finished 11th. You know, you did the exact same thing. You, you know, you parked the bus against Chelsea and Nick to 1-0 when John Terry decided, got so bored, he scored at the wrong end. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and we did do that in a few games, I think it's fair. But, um, yeah, I, I don't ever recall us playing like that. Nick, you've been waiting patiently.
7: Yeah, I was just thinking with um, Lucy's um, opinion of Tony Pellis, it's a bit Viagra keeping us up and Vienna it means nothing to her, doesn't it? That sums it up two words, right? Viagra well, and well, Vienna. Well done, Nick. Um, no carry on. Um, <laughs> we were, the, the attendance yesterday was a bit lower than usual. Did West Brom actually sell out their allocation? Because there didn't seem to be that many of them no, in comparison to other teams we've played.
4: No, not at all. Um, are
7: the, their fans getting so peed off that they're, they're not bothering to go and watch them because they know that's what they're going to do? It's, it's yeah, probably you, pushing the sports away.
4: That actually started weeks ago on their website. They, they are really stressed of him and yeah, they want too. him gone. But yeah, that was, that's been going on for weeks and weeks. I can assure you. Yeah, I read that yesterday.
5: Yeah, Brendan yeah, Rogers uh, is looking for a job. <laughs>
2: there you go. Oh, well, that could that could easily happen. Uh, yeah, they producer Sam has, uh, said they returned half. Yeah, half their tickets. Yeah. There you go. Sorry. So um, yeah, difficult times for them, definitely. Um, but once again, I, I go back to the fact that we, you know, we are now a, a team that can. Can sort of play against a, a team that's just set out there to to not concede. And We're actually now a team good enough to dominate possession, you know, and, and push push them until they, you know, until they ended up uh, conceding. And I'd say that was so pleasing for me because I just felt certainly after watching the first half, I thought, oh, we've we've battered them here, and we still haven't scored. This is going to be another one of those games where we concede in the 85th minute and lose it one nil. But it was so pleasing that we we just had this extra gear. And that's that's really where I, I like to focus A um, little bit um, before I'll talk about man of the match in a moment, but I just want to talk a little bit about Dwight Gale. And um, I have I've said on it again, I've been a huge fan of Gale ever since we signed him. myself and Jell have often you know, gone on and on about how uh, you know, how great he is as a finisher and all this kind of stuff and how you know he deserved a chance. And of, of late I've perhaps, you know, been gone more, the, more along the lines of well, he's had a few chances now you know and he's just not effective enough starting as a as you know as, as the primary striker if you like in the in the system that we play but it, I thought it was interesting I didn't a few people were a bit like you know well, he didn't score he was a little bit ineffective but I was actually pretty impressed with him yesterday as I was against Watford um yep. I think he uh, again and even it was even less so against Watford he actually saw quite a lot of the ball he barely saw the ball at all against yeah. West Brom not on barely the ground anyway at all. no exactly Yeah, he did but how much he put himself about you know, for challenges, closing down space, putting the defence under pressure and just occupying defenders. Uh, he did an absolutely huge job for the team yesterday. So I want to give him a bit of credit there. You know, he showed that, you know, that's that's probably the way he can can play that um, that role. You know, even if we are knocking the ball long. It was stupid knocking the ball long to him. I got a little bit frustrated at that. Um, and Ben Allen actually got in touch earlier on saying... Uh, I felt for Dwight Gale yesterday. Hennessy kept lumping the ball up to him. He had no chance against the centre backs He didn't. He was never going to win a header against them. But he Murray's was able. Ghost. <laughs> Murray's ghost. Murray's yeah. ghost. But he was able. To, I thought he was able to put himself about enough that they weren't getting those headers away cleanly, and the the ball was coming back. And you know, and it wasn't just dropping for them every time. It was dropping for us quite a lot. And Gale had an awful lot to do with that. I was I was very impressed. I have to say. Um, Nick, I think you first had.
7: Um... Gale was in perfect positions to score had Yannick or Wilf passed to him instead of shooting on at mm. least three or four occasions. He was in a position away from defenders, and you said he didn't see the ball. Had they passed it to him, he'd have had a hat trick. He was in the perfect position every time, every single attack. And, you know, it's. I <laughs> don't know how I noticed that was, but I. I I just wanted to chip that in, because he had, had, had I know Wilf and Yannick, they want to score and we want them to score, but Wilf could still pass him a little bit more, in mm. much better position. Definitely. And it's not his fault if they don't pass to him.
6: Right. Um, on, yeah. on that, Nick's a great point, but I remember last week, um, uh, Pardew had mentioned that he really started second last week, we hadn't taken a lot of shots. I think he's got it in both Yannick and uh, Wilf's mind to shoot the ball more. So you're right, though, Nick. I, I noticed that uh, Gail was open a few times. He could have gotten the ball. But just a, another thing about Gale, Chris, you're absolutely right. He I thought he played really well considering he didn't really do much. You know, didn't get a lot of service. But we played yesterday like we had Wickham up front with those long balls. If Wickham had played yesterday, he probably would have scored three or four goals because we had some nice crosses in there. And again, Hennessy lumping the up top was perfect for a, a a six foot plus striker. So give Gail a lot of credit for hanging in there for whatever. 80 minutes how long he played yesterday. I thought he played really well considering the type of service he was getting from not only the goalie but obviously other players. So, good, good, you know, fair play to Gail yesterday.
2: Lucy? Silence. Do you think she's speaking with the mute thing on? Or... Uh,
5: what?
2: <laughs>
6: <laughs> she didn't hear you. She wasn't, she wasn't.
5: I didn't hear you. Something. Well, you not back t- A, a yeah. while
2: ago you suggested you had something to say. but
5: I know, it went all quiet. I didn't hear what he said, sorry. I oh. thought you were on mute. You're anyway, yeah, Dwight Gale. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I'm not a massive fan of his. Boo, um, oh. Oh, boo, yes. Um, yeah. oh, that's well, all right. Punch, that's so. right. Opinions, opinions, opinions. That's all
6: right.
5: Yeah, I'm not a massive fan of his. Um, but I, I do think we need oh. someone stronger up front, you know. Um, Wickham or Chamath whose phone started. is that? I'm mine.
2: Um, I need to throw it away from the microphone immediately.
5: He had a really good game yesterday. He was—I um, think—he completed 11 out of 14 passes. Um, he was just—he—he was—he was, he was quite and unassuming yesterday, which I know you don't really want from a striker. You need them to be, but he got stuck in. And I agree with um, Nick. There were a few times when Wilf could have passed to him and he could have maybe, you know, got a goal, but he didn't at the end of the day. And I think they need to learn from that and maybe look at that over the next couple of weeks while the international break is on. And, you know... (laughs) It's an interesting way of speaking that you've suddenly developed. Sorry, Um, I was was moving on my seat. Um, But no, I just think he... He had a really good game yesterday and I eat my words that um, I've said previously that he's not good enough because
2: I think... Well, it's one game though, Lucy, isn't it? It's one game. You know, he's got to, he's got to consistently deliver that kind of performance um, and hopefully get, get in the goals as well, I think, because like I say it's all very well saying against West Brom. He, he actually had, a, you know, he performed well in difficult circumstances, so credit him. But that 90 minutes has gone now. That's over. Um, and if he stays in the side for the next game, which is obviously West Ham, which I'll talk about in a bit, but then you know he's got to deliver that again, and he's got to keep doing it, and that's the only way, you know, yeah. that he's actually going to win win a place in the squad on a regular basis.
5: I do going. think he actually plays better as a sub.
2: Yeah, as I a, think he can do definitely. Yeah,
5: super yeah. sub because he he can see what's happening, and then when he comes on, he's he's fresh and he's got that you know, passion in him, whereas if he starts, he kind of becomes a bit sluggish, and there doesn't seem to be any ambition, and, but when he comes on as sub, he's, 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 he's got that drive, he's got that passion, like, you know.
6: But Lucy, what match did he come on, I can't remember a match he's come on, that she's scored in, do you remember, can you give me, a, I can't remember a match, because he signed against Liverpool, right, he signed yeah. against Burnley. Oh Villa, the Villa game, he definitely yeah. came on. He scored that goal, But that was like two years ago. I'm just thinking, I really think I prefer him as a as a starter personally. But the the sub thing is an interesting point because um, you, I think he'd be good at, but I just don't remember any you know match besides size the Villa match that you come on and done something as a sub. So
4: yeah, but we can though. we can listen. He got kicked up. He's only he got kicks up in the air yesterday. Absolutely, every time exactly. he got the all, I just kicked him, and yeah. they're all big. You know, it's a typical Pumps. period. You're saying team. They're all great big yeah. players. Um, but um. Yeah, there's a there's a few things going on in the chat room. We said uh, I think Murray's golf for Bournemouth. yesterday to remind him a bit of what what he offered that Gail can't. The team needs to great work goal. out what's, the bet for, uh, uh, what's the best for what's uh, best for how to get the best out of Dwight and uh, and Les underscore H said uh, Lucy and Joanne sitting in a tree. K R N S I G. That would set them all right,
6: wouldn't it? No, all my talk hang around this week
5: is
2: hope Damo doesn't see it. Oh, dear. Just got to make a decision at some point, Lucy. Which is your favourite? It keeps changing. Damo. It's always Damo, is it? Okay. Always.
5: Good stuff.
2: Um, You've said in the chat there when when the mention of Murray just came up, get over Murray. And that's something that I was actually thinking myself. Um, You know, I actually felt like chipping in and saying, you know, (laughs) we've had a couple of penalties in a row, haven't we? Good job we still haven't got Murray. Otherwise, we might have missed (laughs) <laughs> but that would have been unfair. I, you know, Murray's no longer our player, and that's why I'm being a bit dismissive. I would have called back him if he was still a Palace player, but he, he's not. We'll get over it. It's done. Exactly.
5: Um,
2: You know, obviously, Dwight Gale is not really, um, you know, a com- direct comparison to Murray. Uh, it's Connor Wickham. Connor Wickham is the reason Murray's gone, plus the fact that someone wanted him is the reason that Murray's gone. You know, we were going to shift a striker, whoever it was. You know, at one stage, it would have been Gale, but it ended up being Glenn Murray, and, you know... Conor Wickham will be back fit soon and, and we'll see how that goes. Um, Nick?
7: I was pleased that he changed his celebration for Bournemouth. He didn't use the same celebration.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good of him. Um, I actually thought he might go back to the weird one with the hand on the forehead, but he didn't do that either. Um, Patrick. One, more,
4: one more thing for oh, the sorry, Just very quickly from the uh, from the chat about um, Pulis and Jade Dog 3 said, uh, if that's all that West Brom has, no bonus for Pulis this year. <laughs> mm.
2: <laughs> Honestly, though, I, I know we sort of it was mentioned earlier. Where well, Patrick, you mentioned it about him quitting. Um,
6: right, that's going to happen. You
2: can just see it, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. You can see <laughs> it.
6: There is no chance he finishes the season with that club. There's absolutely no chance. You got a better chance of Brendan Rodgers finishing. Oh, never mind, he's already gone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Apparently, Jurgen Klopp's going to sign a three-year deal to replace him. But that's an interesting change, there, isn't it? Interesting.
5: Yeah. And Tony Pulis? No, no. <laughs> <over> Brendan
6: Rodgers. <laughs>
5: uh, just real quick, though, Chris, on, um, on Murray. I'm yeah. very happy
6: for him because, um, you know, I, I was a fan of his and, you know, um, great goal. And I actually like Bournemouth, I want him to stay up. But I'll tell you right now, Palace fans will, ne- every time that man scores a goal, Twitter was going to explode. It's just the Palace way. So it's just sad. People just can't let, they can't let things go because, oh, we should have kept him, we should have let him go. And now all of a sudden, whenever he scores a goal, it's going to be crazy. So I understand it, though. I mean, I get, get it. But like I said, I'm happy for Bournemouth because I, like, I want him to stay up, so.
5: Yeah, I was just going to say, was there not a little part of every Palace fan that were delighted that that penalty was saved?
2: Oh, no. (laughs) no. Wow, Wow. you can't make people
5: say that. Sorry.
7: Time for me to be controversial. I I actually missed uh, Ben Watson more than Glenn Murray watching the highlights of that game. Poor old uh, Ben hitting the bar. It was I wonder a if first. he'll ever get up for Ian Ben Watson. He should be at some point, I think. it would be a good discussion point.
5: Prince
2: Harry. We'll be talking about that very, very shortly. Well uh, reminded, Nick, that's the ultimate 25 man squad coming right up. I don't know what that means, coming right up. <laughs> soon, after a bit that's more chat. The feeling before being sick, isn't it? <laughs> don't mention that after what happened to me this weekend. Anyway, okay. uh, um,
4: if I eat any more of
2: that curry, I'm going to be sick. Oh, I'm stuffed. Yeah, you're anyway. a coma. Carry on. Yeah, so. Um, <laughs> I'll be in a coma. <laughs> um, I think the only thing really left to say is, is who we pick as our man of the match. We talked about how difficult a decision um, it was in terms of the media picking and Zaha and, uh, you know, Pardue sort of seemingly picking either Kabai or Jason, Jason Punchin. Um, who was it for you, Nicholas? The Carlton. MacArthur? you're just mm. saying things now just to be controversial
7: Patrick no he was busy we no we haven't mentioned him I, I think it should be said that he was in he was just busy all game harried the we although West, West Brom were atrocious it was because of players like MacArthur busy all the game didn't stop 100 percent ten percent all the way through didn't have to stop to rest to breathe because he'd run a little bit he didn't stop all the time he was on the pitch so for effort MacArthur mm okay.
2: Um, Patrick.
6: I've got two choices um, either Yannick Valesia or Wayne Hennessy. Um, No. Um, Me between Kabai and Wilf, and because of how well Wilf played and getting the penalty at the end, um, I'd have to give it to uh, Wilf Saha. If it was for him, we wouldn't have won at Manchester as far as how great he plays. I've got to give it to Wilf Saha.
2: Lucy?
5: Um, can I just say, Nick? I mentioned MacArthur earlier. earlier so yeah, uh, he
6: did exactly, but he doesn't hear that stuff.
5: Well, he doesn't listen. Yeah, he um, okay, so um. I was in, I was. Um, I went over to see a um, relative today, and I was thinking about this on the way home, and I found it really difficult to to pick someone, and I I had five men in the match, and that was Soiree, because I think we've overlooked him, because I think he had a, a really good game yesterday although he was booked. Um, Dan, because he was just solid yes. the whole game. He, he was just, and obviously he captained as well, and I just think he, he was brilliant, as always. MacArthur, Hangeland, and Zaha. And I know that's like five, that's most of the team, but that is, that, that's beside the point.
2: You can't have five men of the match. I don't know how you pluralise it either. Men of the match, yeah. You can't have five men of the match. Come on,
5: pick. But I'm going to go with Angerland because, yes. And I'm not just saying that for, because it's Angerland. But he was amazing. 38 out of 39 passes he completed. And, you know, he's just, he was solid. He was getting in. He was, you know, and oh, just, I just, I think he was brilliant man in the match.
2: Great oh. pick. Miles. Okay. Jeremy. <laughs> Sorry, Joe.
5: Doesn't like
2: it when I call him Jeremy. Not Geronimo. Jeronimo. You heard
4: Sorry. Anyway, mate. it's all right. Um, you piss on my parade this time you want. Um, <laughs> right. I th- uh, goodbye for me, and I see for why. Because when he's good, we'd be good. Yep.
2: All right. Okay. That's uh, good. Sean Sweet. Yeah, Nick,
7: you've got some stuff in the chat room there. Before I give mine. Yeah, Glazier to eagles. Said he thought Jimmy Mac had a poor game. Actually, he wasn't really on the balls. Uh oh, he's, he's he's man of the match. Bird's <laughs> head. Something about Charlie carries over in Northern Ireland there. Grim, and he said that Wilf is his man of the match. Booted Eagle says Wilf. j Dog free, says Wilf. Kabai uh, was good, but it was so good to see Wilf rip a defence too, and I've lost the end of my cut and paste, so fill in the end there. <laughs> well done, mate. Oh, um, oh and has put my heel for wasting so much
2: time. <laughs> That's a good shout. Um, just so you know, um, on the BBS poll of the man of the match, Wilf won it. With seventy-four point six two percent, there's about probably about six hundred votes on there, maybe. Wow. Oh yeah, more than that, about eight hundred votes. So out of eight hundred votes, he's got just under six hundred. There, um, quite significant. Kubi. So was wait second. a minute. I
6: agree oh. with the BBS. I changed
2: my vote. You did. <laughs> now come on. <laughs> so
5: fickle. No, I don't. No, never mind. BBS,
6: Khabai, I don't agree on anything. So
2: Khabai came in second with twenty-one point one one percent. Uh, Hangland got one point six three percent, and that was third. Um <laughs> Kelly didn't get any votes, he's the only one who didn't get any votes. Sure.
6: How many did, Mac- how many did MacArthur get?
2: MacArthur got seven, so that's fourth place for MacArthur. Seven
6: votes or seven percent.
2: Seven votes, point eight eight percent.
6: Yeah, Nick voted seven times. <laughs> oh dear.
2: But, Who's yeah, yours, Chris. Zaha, absolutely Zaha. I agree with the majority vote and I agree with Patrick. <laughs> um but he was he was just sheep. Sheep, all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, I am, I am a absolutely massive fan of Wilf. You know, he, he's one it's of my favourite well. players of all time. In fact, we all <laughs> talked about. We voted him in as on the on the all-time 25 uh, man squad, didn't we? Like it was one of those where everyone was thinking, Oh, there's so many great, great players who played that wide. Peter Taylor, Vince Allaire, um, You know, I've lost it, I've lost them. Julian Gray, <laughs> Tommy Black. Anyway, sorry, but there's loads of great players who played on the wing for Palace. Uh, and, you know, in a way, like, I think we all went into that thinking that we're going to leave Wilf out. But when we sat down and we talked about what he's done for the club already, you know, the, yep. the key moments he's had, uh, that's why he's one of my favourite players. And, you know, the longer he's at Palace, you know, he's, he's heading into legendary territory for me. And, you know, people will think that that's a ridiculous statement, and I don't think so. I, I really don't. And, um, you know, if he plays like he did against West Brom every week, you know, there's the Jerry got in touch with me uh, yesterday, in fact, and said, do you think we're going to lose him to a big club again? And, and I think that's a genuine possibility that someone, you know, a massive club might come in for him. But fortunately, Palace are growing as, as quickly as his performances are. So, you know, we'll be... Um, we'll be <laughs> but that the thing, thing is,
4: stay up, stay up um, this year and, and the money is completely irrelevant, then isn't it? You know, if someone says, come to us, we'll pay you loads more money, we'll have loads more money. We Play get to now. keep our players...
6: Right,
2: yeah, but it's not even that. We're in fourth place, and where's he going to go to? Man United, Man City, Arsenal. I mean, I could see him going
4: abroad one day. I can see him. Oh, going yeah. who, Spain.
2: Wants, good who wants? Who wants Champions League? Well, maybe he does. Maybe. <laughs> um, home show. has got in touch earlier on, uh, saying so MacArthur really has a bad game. Mister Consistent works so hard. People don't give him credit; he's deserved. But he's right. gone with a tough. One between Kabay and Zar half a man of the match. Um, you know, I think. It, I think there you go go. that's that's the general consensus of man of the match so coming up very very shortly we'll be talking about um, well we'll be talking about the ultimate 25 man squad I think we've got some sort of a noise of that (laughs) I can't speak some sort of sound before that I think it's like a clip or something here we go let's hear it
0: listen to homestyle radio on the go using our apple ios app download at holradio.net forward slash ios four word
7: reviews duncan smith
2: same old pulis
4: pathetic james sorby pulis helps palace again bane fleury who's obviously drunk uh, europe here we come
5: Milk Kite, completely bossed the game.
4: Robert Rose, (laughs) the game was absolutely brilliant. (laughs) Darren DC Chanda, different album, same Zaha.
5: Jimmy Dawes, totally dominant Crystal Palace.
7: Andy Camroo, Valassi scores
4: at home. Dave Cranfield, Tony Puts anti-football. Steve Perrinen, confident, composed, controlled, comfortable.
5: Charles Bake, Wilf de Bagg's saggy baggies. Chris White,
7: excellent, breathtaking, comfortable performance. Paul Foster, battered
2: the hapless baggies.
5: Bill Parsons, patient, professional, hard-working, creative.
2: Waggers 66, that's Ian Waghorn, we
7: outclassed Pulis. Alex Johnston, twenty Alex points, civil safety. Edward Porter,
4: how to beat Pulis.
5: Quentin Saldan, Prosecco is ready, Lucy. Cheers, Quentin.
4: Review the game next week by
0: tweeting hashtag forwardreview to add whole radio. The all-time Palace 25-man squad. Tweet us your suggestions and we'll choose in or bin. Right, as the man
2: says, it's in or bin time. Uh, for the ultimate 25 man squad have been through the course of this week been taking votes and it's ended up with uh, Jeff Thomas being the one you're voting to in or bin into the ultimate 25 man squad if you go to holradio.net forward slash votes you can cast your vote you can still do that while we'll talk about uh, the wonder that is Jeff Thomas and whether or not we will be inning or binning him I think we've probably got a foregone conclusion here so um you know, that's just my my opinion. But do get your votes in, holradio.net forward slash vote. And hopefully the producer will send me a link to the um, the actual voting page because I've forgotten to actually open it. On the system, that was my way of asking. You could have typed that, so. Chris. I could have done, but I didn't want to, really. So listen, we're talking about Jeff Thomas, um, bringing, talking about central midfielders. Uh, I was very surprised when we were talking about Michael Hughes earlier in the season that Jeff Thomas didn't get a vote ahead of him. Um so I'm quite happy that we're now we're now talking about Jeff um and what a absolutely superb player he was. There's so much to talk about with Thomas. Um obviously a player we, we signed from uh, I think it was from Crewe in the end. Um after he'd spent Barry time yeah, spent time at Rochdale and he I think he would actually been in the Man United um youth system at one stage as well. But um he joined us as a tough tackling sort of no nonsense midfielder and very, very quickly became the captain of the squad and the the absolute you know epitome of what that whole period was about for Palace. You know he, he had an awful lot of ability in the ball. And quite rightly played for England. I think he got nine caps if I remember rightly. I haven't looked it up, but uh, he was you know and he had a he had a moment for England that he'd ha- hope wouldn't define his career. But in his last game against France, ran clean through on goal and went to chip the keeper and ended up hitting the corner flag. It uh, was, a, was a, something that was mocked on fantasy football, if you saw that at the time. Some, most of you listening probably weren't born when fantasy football was on. But he was an absolute, absolute quality player, You know, worthy of an international place, and certainly one of the best midfielders ever to have pulled on the red and blue. And that's before you even start what an inspirational person he was, what a proper leader he was. And he was a really, really hard player as well. If you talk about, talk to, you know, I've seen lots of interviews about him, um, read his book as well. Uh, riding through the storm, recommend it highly. Um, you know, he obviously he was just the toughest opponent you could possibly imagine uh, in the midfield. Without him, we would never have got to the heights that we reached. Obviously, had uh, a horrible um, diagnosis of leukemia at a point where he'd just finished playing, um, and managed to not managed to recover from a, a bone marrow donation with from his um, I think it's from his sister. And at one stage, he was given I think something in the region of six months to live, but. Thought that, and now spends uh, a lot of his time raising money um, for leukemia research. So what, what, a, what a top top man! That was a really interesting sound there. Someone just got murdered live on air. That's that's <laughs> no.
7: children, Chris. One day you'll have children. I don't you know. Think chasing them so. around the house, breathing.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: you,
5: you don't know Chris very well, do
2: you? <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs>
7: Can you imagine loads of Hamlets? That's what they're called,
2: Hamlets. Yeah, they would be Hamlets. called Hamlets, you're right. I might yes. get on just a cool one just to call one Hamlet. That would be his actual name.
5: Hamlet that's Hamlet.
2: It. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna, I need, like, that's it. need to do that now. Form an orderly queue, ladies. Um,
7: <laughs> <laughs> a queue of one can only be orderly. It can't be disorderly, can it? I'm impressed
2: it's one. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bollard. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Uh, it's derailed my wonderful uh, speech, <laughs> you were speech, doing so well. Chris. Really was. Was. <laughs> I was, mean, what do you think of Jeff,
7: Jeff Thomas then, Nick? I think he's bloody brilliant. Um, you've eulogized enough of him. I, I will blame him for one thing though. We lost the FA Cup because of Jeff Thomas going out did... in the first game. No, he went up in the first game and he, he mimicked He yeah, mimed little actually little little lifting little. the FA Cup. Yeah. And I I pointed at him then. And I said, Jeff, you have put a bock on us on the replay. Now, whether me saying you have put a bock on us was actually what? Put yeah, that bok- was your fault him doing really. it. It was it was my fault. But no, uh, an absolute legend. He le- he led us through one of the greatest times of me watching the club. You know, it, it almost matches team in the 80s, but of the eighties. Apart from the fact that couple saw the job through, didn't leave to drink, are half off the team. Um, he was just the glue that held that side together. You could you could re- rely on Captain Fantastic. You know, he was he was there at the lows nine nil against liverpool and he just saw us all through it Captain, fantastic he was the heart yeah. of that team definitely definitely
2: patrick, and he, he became a verb uh, nick's dad more sorry nick um yeah, he, you,
7: you're going about the england miss it, it became yeah. a verb for a while didn't he's it? jeff thomas down
2: yeah he really did so it was quite brutal at the time and as i say sadly it ended his england career but uh, there Before you go he absolutely yeah go on patrick what's your memories of jeff of thomas
6: um Obviously, unfortunately, I didn't get to see him. Actually, this actually, I lie. I, I did see him play twice. I, I flew back in 1991. I saw him play against Spurs and Nottingham Forest. One at Selhurst Park, one at uh, White Hart Lane. So I actually did see him live. And again, uh, you guys just you said it perfectly. He was he epitomised that team of the you know that team under Copple. Without him, there's no way we would have reached the height we he reached. Tremendous leader, a much better person. Um, just a, a pleasure to have a person like that representing Chris Patterson in any way at any time. And um, just, uh, again, fantastic captain, fantastic leader, you know, and um, there's no way he doesn't make the team for me.
2: Brilliant. Joe?
4: Um, oh, just what everyone else said, really. I, I, I really liked him. I had a few chats with him when I was younger. Um, always always nice. To, he's just a nice guy, you know, and one of the rare people that you can, you can say you carried on watching his career and, 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 and you liked him. A bit like like Ben Watson and players like that you know a right. few other players that have sort of gone on and done other stuff you just you've got no sort of bad feelings from him um I love the way that he's you know what he does now because of what his his health had dictated in the past um and, and like I said you know it's always been the the, the way that I like you know I always like Palace players I like tryers I really do you don't have to be the best person in the world or the best player but if you try um and, and he always came across as a try to me. Um, yeah, I never, I never stood in the for listening to people slagging him off because they didn't really. Um, <laughs> yeah, so a, a good, good, good player. I'm, I don't know if he was good enough to, to to get his England try, but um, you know. But nonetheless, he, he wore the England shirt, and that would have been a pinnacle of his career. And like you say, he 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 did a he did a Jeff Thomas, which was a an unfortunate slight on that on just that game.
2: Yeah, it was a it was a really terrible terrible thing to be defined about because so, so few people outside of of Palace at that time really knew what what a player he was, and it was that was you know he was on the world stage, and um, you know it was a great little run as well. He, you know he doesn't didn't wasn't exactly famous for. You know, gut-busting runs to get right through the sort of centre of defence and be the furthest player forward. But he did it in an England shirt. And really should have tucked it away. But it was a, It was just a bad miss. And these things happen. But you know, a lot of players have, have suffered that. Really, I think you know, in their I careers.
4: Do, the the one thing that I do remember him for in a in a Palace shirt. I'm trying to think get it in the right order. I think we at nil nil when we lost nine nil to Liverpool. Nil nil. I think we hit the post with a free kick, and then at six nil down. We got a penalty. Yeah. And and the way that he sort of stood up to it, I said to my mate, this literally is going to hit the back of the stand or knock the goal down. It's going to rip the net. <laughs> and he, obviously, 9-0. He's got Obviously, nearly hit the back of the stand. Well, he was all laughing anyway. It was 6-0, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, yeah. It's, it, it was. You know, obviously the the two things that you're, you I remember him. You know that that the, they were both misses, but he was a good lad. I, I'm, I'm, play- I was really pleased to have to have met him and known him, and I'm really glad. what I say, what he's still doing now, he's a good lad.
2: Yeah, I'm just, I'm personally just surprised he's never got, you know, involved in football. And he was asked about it a few years back. I think he was first started doing the fundraising after um, getting through the the and getting know, getting into remission and getting getting away from the, the, that horrible disease, and I think he um he said you know he'd actually always fancied getting involved as either as a manager or a coach or something like that, but it just it never happened. But I suppose he he spent so much time fundraising, and you can't really can't knock him for that really. But I always thought you know he's got to be he's, he's got to be someone who would manage. But there you go, it's never never happened. I suppose it's not too late, technically speaking. But um, I just think just on is, that uh, quick quiz. On. Yeah, yeah.
7: Um, I think it's to do with the cycling. I, I know a few people that are into cycling, and they they just say that it's well addictive, and and you you get yourself so fit cycling that actually you can't really stop because then you you lose that fitness really quickly, or you got you got to wind down, and once they're into the cycling, that's it. It's it's a bug, and I think he 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 get more pleasure from the cycling than, than the stress of management. I think what what he's gone through, he'll, yeah, must be be too much to take on.
2: Yeah, I think can, that's,
4: can that's I just? Good job. Bert's head said um, <laughs> in the chat room. He said uh, England never lost a game with Jeff Thomas in the team.
6: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Played one, one, one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, um,
2: swear, I swear, he got about nine caps. That might have been Slarko, Maybe no, five just, caps. it was. No, mine. he got nine caps. Yeah, nine. It was nine. Yeah, yeah. He got nine. Uh, Les Age just said in the chat room as well about his uh,
7: quarter-final goal at Cambridge United away on the oh, cup. Oh, line.
6: legendary. Legendary, that goal. Yeah.
7: Oh, that Wagon job, six, man. To six said uh, cycling is the new golf. <laughs>
2: hey. No, it's not.
6: it's not. Not for
2: me, it's not. No. <laughs> it's at least three people here who love golf. Yeah, <laughs> <It's Nine. laughs> <clearly laughs> <three. laughs>
4: said, said, yeah, nine caps, no losses. Oh. Yeah. There you go. Missed
2: out. Yeah, exactly. So I'm guessing it's all going to be in for us, from us, sorry. But let's just go around anyway. Nick? In. Patrick? In. Lucy? In. Joe, In. Uh, and I believe it is a nearly, well, it was up until about 30 seconds ago, the vote was all ins from everyone who'd contacted us, but they just had one last bin that's come in just to ruin the party. That was, uh, uh, no, that was Michael but, Hughes, Dim. In, in. <laughs> yeah, it was probably doozy, <laughs> <Exactly>. yeah. <laughs> Enough of this. <laughs> But there you go, almost unanimous. So my, uh, Michael Hughes nearly worked, Hughesy? Uh, Jeff Thomas <laughs> has made it into the midfield for our ultimate 25-man squad, which now reads in uh, goalkeeper Nigel Martin. There's two more to talk about there. In defence, we've got Scott Dan and Kenny Sansom with some more full-backs and centre-backs to come. Uh, in midfield, we have Zaha and Thomas. Um, after today, and up front, there's Ian Wright and Andy Johnson at the moment. But just the one player who didn't make the cut, and that was Michael Hughes. Bless him, uh, who is still a quality player, squad, by the way. Go on. what? A it's good squad a- so far. Didn't hear that bit. It's a good I squad so mean. far, I said. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. It is. It is a very good squad so far. Right. But we've got some um, got some interesting decisions to come, though, isn't it? Sorry,
7: ironically, um, Michael Hughes is becoming legendary for being the only player that hasn't got in the dance That's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe going we'll
2: have to, to make a, an award from him or something. <laughs>
5: <laughs> um, what were you doing? Manager? Is
2: like... Are we doing manager? That's a really oh, good show, oh, oh. Wow. This is,
6: what a great idea.
5: That so is this a is li- why I'm here, boys. <laughs> it's it's live,
6: isn't
2: it? Yeah, this is live uh, oh. show planning on Same. air. Well done. Sorry, Same sorry. Port. Same port. I like it.
4: Uh, one of our new producers, a little trainee producer. Making he, a joke. Get rid of a him. Pulis, the manager.
2: There's some things you don't joke about, Sam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Having said that, since you're one of the only producers that actually shows up, we'll let you off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, that is a dig at you, Tavern Tom. Ooh,
6: Ooh. Shots fired.
2: Sure, it's fine indeed. Well, it was, don't tell them even. Let's see if they actually listen they back
1: actually to, to the show. Yeah. Exactly.
2: <laughs> Otherwise, they'll never know. That would be another nail in their coffin. Oops, I'm not sacking them. Not yet.
7: Can I? Can I? Can I just go back to yesterday's game? Is it true that I saw somebody saw Mark Ross on British television yesterday? Yes, Mark yes. Ross was on TV. Oh. And do you want
2: to know it? This is the absolute truth. I'll give you a <laughs> bit of background that. to this. I was I was driving to the game, and I became let's just say I became ill and had to pull over on the M23. Sorry if any of you were driving past me at the time. I was un- I was unwell <laughs> at the side of the motorway, and then decided I'd best drive home, and I ended up watching the game on BT Sport. And just as the twinkling face of Mark Ross appeared on screen, I was forced to go and um, be ill again. It was, um, it was the timing was immaculate, but he was. <laughs> I'm told. He also I, um, went to
5: speak, and they cut back to the studio. <laughs> yeah, I was told that that oh, uh, 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 uh. Man, <laughs> Don't
2: be mean. Don't be mean. Horrible. We love you, Mark. We love you, really. He doesn't listen anyway. That was half the problem. He never listens back. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> we do love Mark though. He's, he's part of the uh, oh, for weight, well, massive. That's it. Yeah, that's what that would do. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> anyway um, last little bit to talk about really in terms of, of uh, we, look we've got an international break which we will be doing a show on more about that in just in a moment but um, we're told that uh, Damien Delaney and Connor Wickham will be back in contention after the international break do they get in do they get in yes. against West Ham oh, <laughs> so Lucy, sorry Lucy so Connor Wickham will come in again <laughs> and for, for Dwight Gale is that what you mean
5: yes both of them both of them.
2: So Wickham goes in because of the effectiveness of his forward play? Yeah. Yeah. And Delaney because... Oh, it's Damo, obviously. Because it's Damo, obviously. Mikey's gone for no way. Breda has to stay in, surely. What do you think, Nick?
7: <sighs> Don't change a winning team unless you're tactically uh changing how you're going to play against a different opposition.
2: It's quite a long phrase. Um Patrick?
6: <laughs> um Based on... How um, I, don't, I'm, I don't I don't rate the um, West Ham defense. I remember last year Glenn played well against. Them. I, I put Wickham in against them because of the way that uh, West Ham sets up. I would honestly leave uh, Brader in there because um, he's playing so well. But if they put them I wouldn't have a problem with that. But honestly, I think we'd have to put uh, Wickham in for sure and uh, Damo possibly hmm. on the fence.
2: I would uh, yeah okay. I would I would definitely put Wickham in um, myself. Yeah. Um, the Brader Damo situation—I'm not completely sure, about. I think I'm th- I think it's going to go to Hangland. And funny enough, when we talked about this in the pre-season show, I picked Hangland over Delaney then. But I, you I'm did. a little I bit. Remember
6: that? No one, everybody laughed at you.
2: It I did. Know. Now I'm look,
6: I never. No, you never, know. I, I know you're not. We're
7: not. Yeah, but that, that was because you went on the show then. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Good
7: point. You, you were having a sulk at that point. Ooh, he was not.
6: Ooh,
2: Nicholas. Not nice. What was that after then? So, I
7: don't
2: know. So. It's a pre-season show. You, you've obviously got no idea. Anyway. It doesn't matter. Joe, you've also always rated Hangland. So am I guessing that you will... Uh, Do
4: you know what? Be- this might surprise you. Um, he's 35. I don't think he can play every minute of every That's game. Right? Yeah. I going to say. And I'll tell you now, we will need him. If, if there's something to play for at the end of the season, i.e. if we're sitting inside that top 10, and we've got a European place to go for, then, then I really do I really do feel that we need to, we need to use him sparingly. Um, I, I, I don't think we've got that many bookings. We've got the Stato. Where are we on the bookings for this, uh, this little freebie place for the Europa League place for, for the fair play thing? Where are we on that?
2: Anyone know? I'm oh, sorry, mate. Both me and Patrick are trying to get Terrence to send us a picture. Yeah,
6: exactly. Give me a second. I'll look it up.
2: Uh, thanks.
4: But that—that uh, will that, that, be something. Oh, we're sixteenth. What's sixteenth? What was sixteen
2: out? Of? Well, sixteen
7: bookings. Right. Sixteen cards. Well, How well, many yeah, so bookings have we had? where have been sixteen. Where
4: does, where does that get? Where, where Where do we stand? That's That's my That's my point at the moment.
2: On the. Um, on the well, we're behind effect.
7: anybody on 15 or above, but ahead of anybody <laughs> below 16 or above 16. Jill. You said that so wrong, Nick. You were trying to You it it
2: just messed it right up. That's
4: why you're a teacher. I know. You'd
2: you be going on too kids. long. <laughs> yeah, I don't think fair play, will, fair play will come into it, to be honest, Joe. But um but there we go. No, that it's that's a good enough point. Um I don't know. I think it's an interesting one, and, and we'll see. We've talked about how um, Ward is out probably for a little bit longer than those. and But the general consensus is he'll have to come in and replace Kelly. Uh, because none of you other than me seem to like Martin Kelly. But there we go. These things happen. Um, but I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Wickham back. I hope he can stay fit for a, for a period of time. But, you know, until he is back, Dwight Gale's got the shirt. And as I said, got to keep working. Got to hold on to that. All right. Well coming, the show is coming to an end. We're about nine minutes over. Right. What we should be doing. Um, so I don't really want to hang around talking too much. There's a couple of things I do want to bring up uh, that we've got. Um, we've got messages coming about. Uh, the first was uh, Tony King, who I talk, uh, sent us a message about Pulis earlier on. Also said that could we mention that there's a the Sydney Crystal Palace Supporters Club are hosting the Australian Palace Fans National Meetup on the seventeenth of October. They'll be playing the Seagulls Down Under in an REMF charity charity match. That's the Robert Eaton Memorial Fund. Um, which is set up in memory of Robert Eaton who died in September 11th attacks on New York. Uh, there's a cherry match going on 11am at King's school in Parramatta. Uh, there'll be apparently beers and a barbecue. So if you're one of our many, many overseas listeners, particularly i.e., in the Sydney area, which I know there's a lot of, it's a surprisingly huge amount. <laughs> And they'll be um watching the Palace versus West Ham game as part of that barbecue as well. So it should be a very, very good night. So if you are listening and you'll either be in the Sydney area or are from Sydney, do uh do bear that in mind. Seventeenth of October, eleven AM at King School in Parramatta. So there you go. Sounds like a great event. Best of luck with that, Tony. Let's you know let us know how it all goes on. Gets on. Something like that. Words. Words that make sense. Um Another couple of discussion points. Who thinks we can... This is from Andrew... I've said your name wrong before, Andrew. Um, let's, let's take a run at it. Andrew Martiniuk. Um, he says, who thinks we can push the top four? I do. Strength in depth, Shemak, Ward, Delaney, Jedanak, Wickham, and more to return. And um, one reply to that was from Daniel Schilling, saying that uh, top eight would be awesome. Top four, not realistic. Um, I
7: said fourth when you asked me at the start of the season, if I recall. You were drunk. You were drunk. No, yes. I meant it. I meant it. You say, you say what you mean when
4: you're pissed.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I guess the am very what you really do.
4: <laughs> How much wine have you had tonight, Nick? I've had two glasses. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I knew that. Um, go on then, Lucy, what do you think?
5: Um, well, we haven't been out of the top 10 this season so far. So I don't see any reason why we can't finish top well, higher than top ten, top eight, top I said six. I eighth,
6: by the way, just saying.
5: Neil Warnock yeah. said uh, on Goals on Sunday, top six. Sunday. I love Neil Warnock. He was so good today. He was. Very complimentary of us. Love the fans, uh, love, loves the club. He was there yesterday. Um, well, yeah, really complimentary.
6: Underrated. I, wa- underrated. I watched
4: underrated. that uh, in another Palace Minute where... Um, <laughs> where he where where Parish Lloyd Warnock, and he, he drove in a Ferrari up to uh, up to Manchester, and that welcome we'll... home. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
2: that's the funniest, the best one ever. Does
4: anyone know who that guy is? I, I, mean, yeah. I, 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 I mean, I mean, he is extremely funny. Bubs, <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, is he Bubs? Is he really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, um, but but that's the he'll, he'll know that he'll remember this better than I did. I met him once at a game. But I was so drunk. I apparently talked to him for about, you know, like twenty odd minutes. <laughs> but I have absolutely awesome. no memory of it at all because I was completely off my head.
5: Uh, the best one times. he did was the um, when the Ian Moody um, stuff yeah, that,
4: happened. That that was it. That was the one.
5: Was that the one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that
6: was if, hilarious. If, it's very long. Yeah,
4: it's a good one. Very long. It's a, t- it's a, t- it's a 10 minute. It's not actually a palace minute. It's, a, yeah. it's 10 minutes, 28 seconds, I think. Absolutely brilliant. It's really it, it's If
2: so uh, cool. If by any chance you're listening and you don't know what we're talking about, and there might be a few of you, just go onto YouTube and type a palace minute. And then there's about, it must be about 20 by now on yeah. there. Just have a, have a good look at all of them. They are some of the funniest. Not only there's a little bit of palace history <laughs> in there, they are absolute genius. I'm telling you. You
7: deserve a much, much wider audience. It's, it's such great stuff. Uh, anyway, sorry, Chris, that's all right. We, noticed, uh, sorry, Chris, just noticed something on uh, the actual homepage of uh net, Who I uh, kind of a, started through. Um, somebody started a thread called Braden Bauer. Um, uh, I, I, that's a brilliant nickname <laughs> for um, for a Norwegian defender. That is like him to pens- pens- Bauer. It be known Bauer. Braden Bauer, yeah, definitely.
2: <laughs> Well right, let's, let's, let's let it go now i think that's all the emails um we'll be back we will be back on sunday um it won't be about football <laughs> i'll tell you that now we've done a, in the past we have done one uh, non football related show uh we're planning another on sunday it's just basically a bit of fun if you enjoy our kind of chat and the general sort of attitude and sense of humor that we have um do listen to humor sometimes if you don't don't enjoy it don't listen that's the whole point of things existing you don't have to pay them any attention if you don't like them so kind of don't um so anyway (laughs) that is that is me selling it well i think Uh, but if yeah if you do um do miss us tune in on sunday Uh, i think we'll be pre-recording it and releasing it as a podcast only we may broadcast live just keep uh, keep an eye on our Twitter account at HOL Radio and also the threads on the message board where we will be announcing the detail. He um, also says there will there will be Palace talk, five-a-side team, etc. For those not done, one. That's my uh, notes from Mikey there. So well, I've said no football. Actually, we will be talking a bit about football. It's a very good point. Well done, Mikey. I take it all back. There will be some football chat, but obviously non-specific as we have no game. And that's quite enough of that. Um, bye.